Hey, Jen, want to talk about all the things that get in the way of having sex? Uh, is recording this podcast on the list? Oh, on that note, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to examine all the common barriers to sex and discuss how we can do a better job of protecting our marriages against these barriers. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Our prayer for you today is that you are excited, because we sure are. We are excited. At the time of this recording, we are only one week out from our annual retreat. We are finishing up our final (laughs) preparations, and we are getting so excited. Right. We have lots of new couples joining us this year, as well as our regulars. Yep. Um, In total, we have 45 couples that will be there this year. And we are just so excited to be sharing this weekend with them. Excited to share the time, excited to share the content. We're going to be, again, talking about uh, magnifying our spiritual connection in marriage. Just super excited about all the the topics and the and the content and the discussions that we're going to have. It's just going to be a great time. It sure is. All right, so Matt, let's begin this podcast episode reading a review we just got. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So here's the review. It says, "Finally, my questions have been answered." Oh, well, that's that's kind of big, right? <laughs> all what, of them. What questions? <laughs> right. Goes on to say, Matt and Jen have given such practical insight as to why we have these barriers and struggles, and how we can improve our marriage. Then exactly how to do that with realistic advice coupled with biblical teaching. I grew up in the church, which has a lot of different views of sex, ways to deliver these views, and quite frankly, just a general lack of information all across the board about sex as God intended it to be. Now, 11 years into my marriage, I feel like we have had every feeling from grief, grief, deep betrayal, joy, and intense intimacy of every kind. But the barriers and struggles we have and had continue in some ways. Communication, emotional and spiritual connection all funnel into the enjoyment and fullness of our sexual relationship. Conflict will always be there, yet we can still be fully intimate regardless of whatever conflict we face. Matt and Jen have set the record straight on married sex and encourage us to not settle. I'm so glad we've listened to their advice to fully enjoy an imperfect yet very blessed marriage. Wow, that is that is so kind and perhaps exaggeratedly complimentary. (laughs) Well, Uh, and and I think we read it not to toot our own horns, um, but really to, we want you, the the listeners, to hear these words because what I'm struck by in this review is, is this writer's honesty 
of the real struggles. Sure. And that's why we're doing this yes. whole podcast, right. that we want to be here to bring those struggles, to bring those barriers to light, and together be able to discuss them. We want to start the conversation for you all to be having. Um, so I love I love how she included all of that yeah. in, in her review. So thank you, reviewer, yes, for that you. amazing review. And we would ask the rest of you, Please review us, rate yeah. us. We um, that really helps spread the word. The more you rate and review, the more all of the powers at B <laughs> pay attention <laughs> right. to us. I, I don't know how the algorithms work, but I'm told that the more reviews and ratings that you get, the more significant your podcast becomes in terms of um, it being recommended to other people uh, of, yeah. of like mind. So. Uh, yeah, it would be great if you could rate and review. We would just so appreciate that. And you don't have to even include such a long and glowing review, even yeah. if you just said, uh, we love Matt and Jen, or we hate Matt and Jen, whatever, however it is. Oh, hopefully not um, that review. But yes, and at the very least, spread the word. Yes. Tell your friends about us. So, so Matt, one of the reasons I pulled this review for us to read is because she talks about barriers. Yep. And that's what we're going to get into today. In fact, yep. we're kind of going to start a series. Yeah, I mean, as, as we considered this topic about barriers, we just realized there are so many things that we wanted to include and say that this is probably going to take more than one week to, to get to all of the things that we wanted to right. cover. So right. stay tuned. We don't know how long this uh, <laughs> series might last, but hopefully it'll be beneficial to Typical you. Typical us. We start a series with no end in sight. No, <laughs> <laughs> no exit strategy like <laughs> Afghanistan. Oh boy. Let's not go there. Okay. So common barriers to sex is what we're starting today. And I think, you know, Matt, when before you get married, we all kind of have this concept that marriage is just going to be relatively... Easy, like we know cognitively. Oh, yeah, that's going to be work, but but I mean, we especially think sex will be easy. Yes, because you're at an age generally when your hormones are flowing and uh, you have so much just emotional and if infatuation, uh, you can't keep your hands off each other, you yeah. can't stop thinking about each other in an emotional way. Right. You just feel so connected that you can't even imagine that sex would ever be difficult. Right. And you dream of that day that you'll be able to have sex whenever you want with your spouse, yep. right? And, and you, you never imagine being 55 or you know 85 when you're uh -huh. 20. You can't even see that far ahead and what right. that might look like. Or or the realities of what it's like to be in your late 20s and 30s with children all around, yes, maybe. Exactly. And, and so, right, reality hits yes. for all of us. Yes. And the reality is that sex rarely happens as easily as we would like it to. Rarely, very rarely. I mean, there, there are definitely those times when it is, and even, you know, decades later, sometimes it's still easy, but often it's not, even when you're right. young and even when you're older. Right. And I think in part this is due because you just have desired differences, right? One of you is always going to want sex more than the other. Yeah. Uh, we did a podcast about that, episode 35, about spontaneous versus responsive desire. Your goal isn't to be each other, right? right. So because your one wants it more than the other or it means something different to each of you, um, that's always going to be there. But even if you're on the same page, even if you're addressing that and trying to handle those desire differences within your marriage, there's always barriers that get in the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's always barriers to connection, whatever they might be. 
uh, and, and just life in general, there's no way to live life without there being multiple things that are competing for the same time. Exactly. Um, it, whether they're good things or bad things or indifferent, uh, you're always going to have multiple things that are uh, competing for your time. And so it's a, a matter of sometimes reevaluating those priorities. But that's kind of what we want to get into. I mean, Satan is going to, to throw things in your life that are going to impact uh, your marriage connection, whether yeah. it's sexually or otherwise. Right. And you, he, ha- you have to knows. recognize. Yeah, he knows how he knows powerful. He knows the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows how powerful your marriage is to the kingdom. And so he's going to try to disrupt that with, um, you know, th- things that get in the way. Um, so, right. you know, again, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks um, discussing these common barriers, things that get in the way. And we'll just say this up front, there's probably nothing that we're going to say that is going to be revolutionary or (laughs) maybe even something that you've never heard before. Right, right. But really, it's it's the things that are so obvious to us that we often take for granted. Right. Um, And the things that are so obvious that we never consider, if we don't stop and reevaluate ourselves uh, on a regular basis, uh, then we com- become complacent and we allow these things to creep into our lives and, and cause problems. Absolutely. And and we hope that by doing these episodes, we can challenge you, the listener, to acknowledge and name your barriers. I mean, we all know they exist. Mm-hmm. As I'm saying this, I'm sure every listener can now immediately think of what are things that happen in your life, daily life, and in your marriage that often get in the way of you having sex. Like you can yeah. immediately think of that, you, right? You That's already know just what the reality is, of probably. marriage. Right. That's right. So, but unfortunately, I think what we often do is we let those barriers be like the white elephant in the room, mm-hmm. the white elephant in your bedroom, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, because that should instead, not be part of your decor. <laughs> please no. <Yeah. laughs> instead of naming them, we just let them kind of, I don't know, simmer below right. the surface. Right. You know, we. We don't really confront them, and but then every time they rear their ugly heads, we get upset at one another, right? Yep. We yep. have conflict, and that may be verbal conflict, but it also can just be this sense of quiet resentment. Yes. So our goal in the next couple of episodes is maybe to bring that to light. Yeah, let's see if we can change that so that these barriers are acknowledged and so that you can deal with them. Mm-hmm. So here's the plan. This is not going to be effective for you for to just mentally acknowledge these um, barriers. Right. Um, you're going to need a plan. So first of all, you need to both name your barriers yes. to yourselves and then to, with each other. But first, you just need to acknowledge what are the bi- things that get in my way of having sex with my spouse or pursuing sex or responding to, to sexual bids, what are the things that get in the way um, for me? Right. At the end of each of our episodes, we uh, we want you to discuss. We're going to go through some barriers ourselves um, that are pretty common ones, but they may not be yours, but we discuss them. Are those our barriers or not? Well, and the thing is, you, you might see it as a barrier, but your spouse may not. Or that's you a good point. might not even recognize it as a barrier, but it's something that your spouse is dealing with. Yeah. So that's why this conversation is, is going to be important. Right. Because your perception of barriers is not your spouse's perception uh, exactly of barriers. Right. So, so, right. So first plan of action for you is to name your barriers. Um, But then we want you to ask yourself why, right? That's always our question. (laughs) Make you think deeper. Why is your list what it is? Mm -hmm. Um, What are the particular items that get in your way of sexual connection? Why are they on your list? Yeah, it's not enough just to name them because you can't 
have an effective means of eliminating these barriers if you don't understand why they're occurring. Right. What is it that is leading to uh, this, whatever it is that's stopping us from getting, going all the way, as it were? Well, and and really, like, you can, okay, uh, you know, kids are my barrier, work is my barriers, you know, things like that. But if you just get hung up on that, then all you're doing is seeing the the logistics of it. Like, look past those logistics and dive into asking yourself, wh- why is that? What meaning have you attached to this barrier? Mm-hmm. Why does it have a place of importance in your life? Yeah. And, and part of that is going to be trying to see past the barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't see past the barrier, then you're never going to see anything but uh, a barrier. Right. Okay. So name it both of you. Ask yourself why. Then we want you to now share your barriers. So mm-hmm. once you have your list, yep. sit down together as a spouse to discuss this, right? So come together with your list. But first, before discussing, <laughs> we want you just to share your list. We want you to just read and or hear each other's yep. list. No, without discussion, without judgment, without uh-huh. you just have to kind of separate yourself from the defensiveness and from the judgment and just hear what your spouse has to say. Right, because your lists are going to be different. Yep. You're two different people and you have different meanings associated That's with exactly those barriers. Right. And so we want you to first acknowledge that whether you initially agree with your spouse's list or not, they see certain things that exist in your shared life as a barrier. Yeah. And just acknowledge that. Resist that urge to be defensive because yes. maybe something on their list triggers you to feel the need to defend. Well, things on that list mm-hmm. are going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. You just, I mean, just acknowledge that, recognize that coming into the discussion. It's going to hurt your feelings. But the point is not so that you can point out each other's faults. The point is so that you can together face it and come up with a, a solution. Yes. Right. So first step is to validate that whatever is on your spouse's list is a barrier. Absolutely. Because if they feel like it's a barrier, it's a barrier. And if you are dismissive, you're going to shut down the conversation altogether uh, or dismissive or defensive. You're going to shut down the conversation and then you've just made another barrier instead, <laughs> exactly. of, instead of breaking through <laughs> some of This conversation is now a barrier. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's really only once you've named it and acknowledged these barriers that then you can move into a place of seeking some solution right. to the barriers, right. which is your goal, right? So then the next step is to discuss some solutions. Absolutely. And, and we're going to discuss some common barriers. Again, they may or may not be your own. Uh, likely some of them are. Uh, and we're going to propose some some solutions. And hopefully, uh, uh, well, our solutions are not going to work exactly for you. You're going to have to tailor our solutions to your individual uh, circumstances. Uh, but ultimately, it's up to the two of you to propose your own solutions. Right, right. You, you can use our advice to help guide that conversation, but we want you to really dive in and, and get into what are your specific barriers and what are going to be your specific solutions. Mm-hmm. And it's really that when you have that conversation, when you start seeking solutions, then you're moving to a place of treating this as a we problem, not a you and against exactly. I. When, when you skip the defensiveness, when you skip the dismissal, when you skip the judgment, 
um, and you start with apologizing for what your role in causing barriers and you start with an attitude of, I want to make better connection in my marriage, mm-hmm. uh, from that place, then you can move toward a we attitude rather than a me versus you right. and your fault versus my fault. Right. Um, and I like, Matt, that you just said, I want to make better connection because that's our goal, yes. right? We're not here to just make sure you guys are having more sex. <laughs> I mean, that's not the primary goal, but we, we do hope you have more sex. We, we do, but we hope that's coming from a place of connection. Yes. Um, because these discussions are going to identify things that are barriers to connection in your overall relationship, Absolutely. right? And, and the connection that you make emotionally and spiritually by this kind of conversation is going to cause you not just to have more sex, but you will have better sex. Yes. And so getting rid of these barriers that are seemingly barriers in your sex life, really they're barriers across the whole, right? right? There are barriers to all forms of your intimacy. Yeah. Again, like Corey Allen always says, how you do sex is how you do life. Perfect. And, and, yeah. the, and so the... The barriers that you have in your sex life are often barriers to connection overall in your relationship. Yes. Now, we're going to talk about them from the from the standpoint of sexual connection because that's just kind of what we do on this podcast. That but, is what but we recognize, do. <laughs> yeah, recognize, though, that getting, ri- bar- getting rid of barriers in your sex life will benefit your relationship overall. Absolutely. All right, Matt, here's a good place to take a break. And when we come back, let's get into some specifics. <laughs> Hey, Jen. Want to travel the world, meeting strangers, and talking to them about married sex? Are you crazy? Yeah, a little bit. Yes, you are a little crazy. But seriously, we are also crazy about meeting new people and talking about God's beautiful plan for marriage and sex. And we would love to come to your community church, or small group, and spend a day or a weekend presenting a customized seminar to your married couples. Doesn't that sound like fun? We also have material suitable for teenagers and adult singles about holy sexuality, dating, preparing for marriage, and serving in God's kingdom while single. We want to bring the message of holy sexuality and covenant marriage to your community. If you want to help make this happen where you are, contact us, feedback, at IntimateCovenant.com. Let's do it. All right, so now let's get into some actual common barriers to our sex life, but really our connection as a whole, right? right? And then maybe some solutions that we can propose. So I started the list, Matt, with kids. <laughs> I think all of us, if you are, if you have children in your household, they are probably the most likely threat to your sexual relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> and we recognize that all of our listeners don't necessarily have children, and that's great. That's fine. Um, but this is number one. If you look for, you know, list of common barriers to sex life, Kids are number one. This probably shows up on the number one on every list that's ever been made. Right. So we're going to start there ourselves. Keep listening if you don't have kids because we've got some advice for other aspects. Sure. But, you know, I mean, obviously, 
obviously, our children are beautiful blessings in our marriage. Right? Yeah. We were blessed with four amazing children. And, and now we can't imagine our lives without them. No, right. And so I'm, I'm thrilled that they have been a part of our life. But I can say that and say that they have also been a huge barrier in, in our sex life. Kids are born looking for a way to divide you. That is so true. I mean, think about even just a pregnant belly, right? Like, as that belly grows, what happens? It pushes you and your beloved farther and farther apart. <laughs> you can't have the same kind of hug uh, with a pregnant belly in the right. Way. And just, that's just a foreshadowing of things to I, come. <laughs> I think it's it's just a, it's an intentional metaphor that God just put there, just so you can start getting used to this idea. Yeah, and you know, when children climb up into your bed at night, what is it that they do? Well, first of all. They, where do they go? They go in between. Yeah, they don't go on one <laughs> side or the other. They want to be right in between you. Which I get. That's a pretty cozy place to be. But then they turn their blessed little bodies like perpendicular to yeah. your body. It, you right? don't, you don't, it doesn't turn into three parallel lines sleeping no, in that bed. It turns into a letter H. That's right. That little kid <laughs> forms that crossbar and... In, in that kid's intention is to push the two of you as far apart as possible. <laughs> I just they... know that is their intention. They <laughs> may not recognize it, but that is exactly what they are trying to do. That they they are definitely doing that, whether they mean to or not. You know, you can think of a thousand different ways that your children just often get in between you and your husband physically, but also in every, in other, every, other, way. In every other way. You know, and children have needs that need to be met. By mom and dad, right? Like, that's a good thing. It's it's important. Absolutely. But I guess let's just also acknowledge, we're saying this a little bit tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to assign evil motives to kids, (laughs) but this is just naturally what they do. This is because they are meant to be very self-absorbed. They're not self-sufficient. I mean, this is exactly how they fight to stay alive. There is a reason (laughs) that a newborn baby screams yes. because they're hungry, right? They cannot do anything for themselves. No, they're entirely selfish. Right, right. And that's all the, as, it, as it's supposed to be. That's right. a beautiful thing, but it can become a barrier in your marriage. And so you need to pay attention to it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. When one or both spouses are physically and emotionally exhausted by meeting all of these needs, that's a barrier. It is a barrier. Right. And, you know, I think even once they get past the age of the little itty-bitty stage when they have so many physical needs, there's still plenty that they need from you. Right. Um, you know, and it's really easy to get your priorities just out of whack. I mean, kids become a barrier when when the priority of your life is out of balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, it's just so important to recognize that the kids are there, they have a needs, those needs are important for your family and, and a, obviously an obligation that you have to fulfill, uh, but, but they can definitely become a problem and we have to recognize it. And it's just compounded when you aren't paying close attention to the connection that you should be having. Right. Uh, if you don't already have solid connections emotionally and spiritually and physically, uh, the, the adding kids to the mix is going to further compound that distance. Yeah. And, you know, when um, when your children take up all of your time and you're spent spending all your time running here and there for those children, that's a problem. Sure. Sure. So, so what are the solutions? 
Good. <laughs> Solutions. That's Get there. Um, I think number one solution is you've got to prioritize your marriage. Um, you've got to remember that you are covenantly bound to one another, not your kids. That's right. And it doesn't mean we are not saying don't take care of your kids. <laughs> yeah. But you've got to prioritize your marriage and keep perspective. Right. Because in, in almost every circumstance, your covenant is going to outlast the time that your kids need you. Right. It feels so intense when they're little and like it will never be any, anything <laughs> different. And yet the time, Lord willing, the time that you will spend raising your children is just hopefully a small amount of time compared to what your marriage, yeah. the longevity of your marriage right. could be. Right. And so you've got to keep perspective. And I think a big thing is you have to set boundaries in your family life. Frankly, not every child needs to be involved in every activity throughout the year. Right. I think you need to be realistic with your time and the commitments that you're making with however many children you have. They can't all be doing everything. Um, And again, that's because your marriage has to be first on your list. Yeah, you've got to prioritize it. And I just want to go back and just maybe overemphasize a word that you just used, that you are covenantly bound to your spouse. If you don't acknowledge the importance of that covenant, uh, you're really missing a big part of the uh, of what marriage really means. Right. And you are your spouse is the only person on this earth that you are covenantly bound to. Right. Uh, and so you owe them that priority that they must be first on the list. Yes. And everything else comes second including your children who need you so desperately uh, in a very real way. They need you desperately, but they cannot be number 1 on the list. Right. And and that uh, you know, to a mom, orig- that it maybe at first sounds like a little bit of a gut punch. <laughs> and that's because it's very easy for moms to become very emotionally attached to their children. Yeah. Which is exactly what it should be, that, right? Yes. You should be emotionally. And you're biochemically programmed to absolutely. do that to an extent. But it can be very easy for a mom to then find a lot of emotional fulfillment mm-hmm. in being a mom, which can lead her to not really have that desire for connection emotionally or physically with her husband. Yeah, especially if she's not aware of what's happening and and not interested in trying to uh, change that dynamic. Right. So be aware of that. And then as a possible solution, moms, I think it's really important that you understand the different roles that you play. Mm-hmm. You are mom mode, yes, but you are also lover girl. And we right. did a whole episode on understanding the dynamics at play between these two roles, episode number 53. But I think it's super important for moms to learn to transition and coexist yeah. between that caregiver role, which is concerned with meeting needs, right? It's when you're in caregiver role, when you're in mom mode, it's all about the needs. Yeah. But you have to be able to also be lover girl, which is concerned with pleasure, with right. your sexual self that is allows yourself to both be the giver and the receiver of pleasure. Right. And dads, uh, husbands, you play a, a huge role in this. You play a big role in helping her find that balance. And again, we talked about mm-hmm. in that episode 53, so we won't belabor that point here, but you need to be proactive in helping to lessen her physical demands you need to protect her uh, by saying no for her sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you need to make sure that, you know, 
you're uh, not putting your children in so many extracurricular activities that it just overwhelms uh, the two of you. You know, you don't have to be the coach for every sport that your kid is in. Yeah. Uh, frankly, you probably aren't even the best coach for the team. <laughs> uh, I know that's hard to swallow because, you know, all of us athlete dads think that we uh, knew, know everything about sports because of our limited high school experience uh, <laughs> playing sports. That, that doesn't make you an expert. And certainly well, that's not where your kids need you the yeah. most. And frankly, your kids aren't going to be professional athletes. Uh, right. Just so, get over that fact. Yeah. They're not going to be professional athletes. And there's great things to your kids being in sports. But I love how you just said, Matt, that's not where your kids need you the most. That's exactly right. So if they're going to be in sports, fine, but have perspective and balance with that. You better make sure that you've fulfilled all of your other obligations as a dad before you think about putting them in sports that's going to just overwhelm your schedule and your marriage. Right, right. I mean, another solution to uh, handling the problem of kids, Matt, is just simply handling where their little blessed bodies are in your home. (laughs) And by that, I mean... Get your kids out of your bedroom. You've we, heard us say it over say and this over. Every episode, we maybe. might, and I'm going to keep saying it because you have to understand the importance of having a space that reminds you physically and emotionally that you are independent of your children. That's exactly right. You know, and so it's also super important though that you're teaching this to them as well. I right. mean, ultimately, you want your kids not to need you. Yeah, that's the goal. You, right. you need them to not need you. Right. Uh, ultimately, otherwise, you're going to have 30 year old kids so, living in your basement. A, a little three year old's body is a huge barrier to sex. Oh, right. When that three year old body is in your bed, uh, it, it just sex isn't going to happen. At right. Least, well, I don't even want to imagine how it could. Uh, it's not going to happen if your kids are are, are in the room. It's certainly not going to be what it could be if your Absolutely. kids are in the room. Right. So get them out of your room, but also get yourself out of your house. Go on date nights. We've yes. done a whole series on date <laughs> nights. Go back and listen to that. But date nights are so important. They, and not only are. date nights, but getaway weekends where yep. you can be totally kid-free. Yep. You know, so... And, um, and, and the, again, just you can listen to the episodes, but these don't have to be expensive or extravagant times. Mm. Really, the, the goal is to spend time away with each other where you can stop being distracted and yeah. where you can focus on being connected. Right. Take and McDonald's to a park work, bench. Yeah. That works just as well. Exactly. All right. So kind of a side point here to kids, Matt, is I wanted to take the opportunity to also talk about homeschooling. Now, I recognize not all of our listeners are parents, and especially not all of our listeners are homeschooling families, but because we were a homeschooling family, are, we do we are still schooling one. You are at least. <laughs> we understand especially the tremendous time and dedication that it takes to home educate your yeah, children. Well, and this is becoming a more popular means of education. Absolutely. Especially since the pandemic. But right. uh, I mean, a lot of people have kids at home that never really plan to be homeschoolers. <laughs> so we get that and we see you. Um, and I, here's just what I want to say first and foremost to home education families the exhaustion is real. Oh, yeah. It's, it is real. I, I could just looking at it from the outside. I mean, my, my role in homeschooling our kids was minimal um, to a great extent, uh, but but I see it. I yeah. definitely see it. it. It's it's different. It's a different kind of exhaustion. It's a different kind of commitment that's required. Right. And right. kudos to you for doing it. it. And and again, we're not trying to say that that's the right way or that's the only way to educate your kids. It's a way. It is. Uh, but 
just like all good things, there are sacrifices that sometimes are made. Absolutely. And you have to be aware of what kind of sacrifices are you willing to make or should you be willing to make. Right, right. And and again, you need to recognize that that while home education is emotionally draining for a mom, it also is fulfilling for oh, a mom. For it's sure. It feels good to be needed. It feels good to be, you know, that you are in a place of importance in your child's life and in the molding and training. And so, again, you've got to recognize the risk in getting too much emotional fulfillment from your role as a home educator instead of a wife. Right, right. So I think that can become a big barrier. It does. It can. When every day becomes a school day. Uh, or those times when the school day stretches yes. into all hours, even into the evening or the night. Yes. Um, when all day, every day is just about school, you're you're missing something. That is a huge barrier it's and a hu- place of resentment. Well, it can become that f- towards your spouse and even f- your kids. I mean, yes. your you're- kids are going to resent the fact that <laughs> yes. they don't have a life because everything is homeschool and right. all day, every day is homeschool. Um, you, you've got to set some boundaries. Right. Um, so yourselves. I think that, Matt, exactly getting into some solutions is number one, set boundaries with your time. You know, my biggest advice as a homeschooling mama, and I've done this now for almost 20 years. Wow, that's crazy. You're yeah, old. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest advice and what I would love to tell my younger self is to set the boundary and see that homeschooling is a job. Right. And like all teachers, I should have teacher hours. Exactly. I think it's so important that you define what are your teacher hours because most importantly, you've got to define what are your non teacher hours. You should not be wearing a teacher hat and be available to your child at all hours of the evening. For school. For, For school. Exactly. When you're in the teacher hat mode. Exactly. So your kid has a class that they're going to tomorrow and they failed to get their paper done and they need to bring a paper to read. And at 9.30 p.m., they're wanting you to edit your pa- their paper. And you as a mom think, oh, but if they don't have their paper, they'll be the only ones. They're going to look bad and that'll make me look bad. Uh, so therefore, hey. I have to do this. No, you don't. No. Guess what? One of the big things your kid needs to be learning is how to handle their own responsibilities. Yes. So Consequences are the best teacher. Absolutely. And so you've got to have hours in the evening that you are not the teacher. Mm-hmm. And re- that means you really need to have regular school days. Because again, your kid will resent you if every day is a school day, meaning at any moment you could pull out the dreaded math book. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants to live like that. (laughs) So you and your children need non-school days and non-school hours. I think the other big thing to say to homeschool moms and families is learn to say no. You do not actually have to teach every co-op class plan every park day, or even go on every field trip. Your child will be just fine if you don't do it all. Yeah, I I mean, and this is maybe something especially difficult for homeschooling families, because if if you are homeschooling, you probably are the kind of person that wants to do everything and do it to its 
best to, mm-hmm. to the best of your ability. That's and you see amazing education opportunities all around. Yes, in every uh, in everything that you do, there are amazing opportunities, and you're the kind of person that doesn't want to miss out on those kind of things. Well. I mean, just simply put, you you might have to get over that a little bit. Right. Because, again, the reason to set the boundaries is that if you don't, that is a huge barrier to your marriage, to right. your ability to connect with your husband, especially sexually. If you right. are physically exha- exhausted, is you know how hard it makes everything. So say no and then be purposeful with your yeses. If you have said a yes... It's because you have thoughtfully considered that you do have the ability to fulfill this obligation. So what I mean by that is if you don't have the ability to fulfill this obligation, you better not be saying yeah, yes to it. And you probably should ask your spouse if they think you have the ability to fulfill that obligation. Absolutely. Because they might have a different perspective on that. And, and within that, then you have to set aside dedicated time in your day or week to fulfill that obligation. And the key word there is dedicated. Mm -hmm. You need to think, when in my daily life or week will I be able to get this done? When will I be able to prepare for this class? And what are my boundaries? In what hours of my day will I set aside to prepare this, whatever it is? And therefore, what hours will I not sacrifice Mm -hmm. for this obligation? Absolutely. Again, do not sacrifice your marriage for a co-op lesson plan that Trust me, the kids will not even remember in years to come. When I ask my older children about all these amazing homeschool classes I taught or lessons I planned, they give me a rather blank look because they just ultimately don't remember. So keep in perspective the amount of hours that you're willing to give, but ultimately don't sacrifice your marriage. And think... If you don't want your husband to stay late at the office all hours of the evening, if that's something that you resent, just recognize that when you're doing the same thing, writing lesson plans into all hours of the night, uh, you're doing the same thing. Ooh, you just stepped on a whole lot of homeschooling mama's toes. Sorry. (laughs) But I agree. Right, right. So set set boundaries. Yeah, ultimately, I mean, this all boils down to you just have to set boundaries. Yes, and especially set boundaries within your home. Because there should be nothing homeschool-related in your master bedroom. There is nothing sexy about a map of the USA. Nope. Nope. Definitely not. Do not have anything homeschool-related in your master bedroom. And again, we're talking about how to keep this homeschooling from becoming a a barrier within your marriage. When you have time alone, please don't spend all your time talking about homeschool-related issues and subjects. Don't spend your date night endlessly talking about the curriculum choices that you're trying to make. <laughs> That's not sexy talk. I'm, I'm willing to bet that both of you don't care that much. No, one right. Of, one of you might, but both of you probably right. don't. So you're allowed to talk about it like in the car ride there if you really need to get it <laughs> off of your plate, but that's it. That's right. And, and dads, if you're not the one that's homeschooling, or at least directly involved in homeschooling, uh, you certainly have a role to play And you certainly have a role to play in supporting home education and trying to make that the best that it can be. 
Um, but you also have a responsibility to do so by bearing some of that weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more than just writing the check for the curriculum or the co-op classes or whatever. It, it's you've got to be willing to help a child with a lesson when they're when it's needed. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be willing to help her develop a schedule. Maybe your wife is not a great planner or scheduler, and she might need some help developing yeah. a schedule um, so that she does have some off hours that she can devote to you. Yes. It's in your benefit to be involved in whatever way that you can, and then uh, it's also up to you to hold her accountable. Um, You need to be developing this plan, develop these boundaries together in a, in a meaningful conversation together um, so that you both feel like you have a plan and some security in that, but also so that you can hold each other accountable to that plan. Absolutely. All right. So we've gone through two barriers. Both were kid centered. Next week, we're going to go through some more common barriers. They are not kid-centered, so if children are not in your life, thanks for listening. Come back next week, and we'll go through more things. But again, you don't have to wait till next week to start the discussion within your marriage. Sit down, go through that action plan like we started the podcast episode with, and really start diving into what are the discussions in your marriage. Yeah, and and what are the barriers that you guys have that you want us to discuss further? Uh, Send send that to us. Uh, You can go to the website, um, uh, click on the the, uh, link to connect with the podcast. There is a form there that you can fill out. You can make it anonymous. We'll never know who yeah. it is that's sending us the question. Uh, we would love to hear from you. What are your barriers that you? What are the barriers that you have? What are the barriers that you've overcome? Yes. Um, and and what barriers do you find the toughest for you uh, in your marriage? All so, right, Matt. Give us our wrap up. So, number one, daily life often seems to get in the way uh, and creates barriers that hinder our ability to enjoy the sexual connection we would like to have with each other. So, you need to have an action plan to combat the barriers that interfere with your sex life. Learn to name your barriers, asking yourself, why do these barriers exist? Then share these barriers with your spouse and be willing to hear their barriers as well. And hopefully then, together you can discuss solutions. Kids are a beautiful blessing in your marriage and often the direct result of the sexual intimacy in your marriage. But... Kids are also a primary threat to the ongoing sexual intimacy in your marriage relationship if you aren't taking intentional steps to prioritize your, co- your covenant. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what barriers exist in your marriage. How can you make more intentional choices aimed at limiting disruptions to your sexual connection with your beloved? Thanks for listening, subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast, and thank you so much for all your support. Until next time, keep striving, and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. 
If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.